From News Talk 580-1059 KMJ, this is the Maddie Report, Valley Views Edition. Now here's your host, Mark Kepler. From public safety, to the streets we drive, to the water and sanitation services we rely on, to the parks we enjoy, local government has the most immediate impact on our daily lives. So what is on the agenda of the Valley's mayors for 2021? We'll ask. Merced Mayor, Matt Serrato. Fresno Mayor, Jerry Dyer. Visalia Mayor, Steve Nelson. And Bakersfield Mayor, Karen Goh. Funding for the Maddie Report is made possible by grants from The Wonderful Company, harvesting health and happiness around the world, California Emerging Technology Fund, and Fresno State, where bold begins. The Maddie Report is also made possible thanks to contributions from Era Energy LLC, BNSF Railway, E&J Gallo Winery, and Harris Ranch and Inn. Thank you. As well as the Bonner Family Foundation, Community Medical Centers, Dewey Square Group, Comcast Financial Agency, Nossiman LLP, Sagasser Watkins & Wheeland, and Valley Children's Hospital. From the State Capitol and the Maddie Institute, this is the Maddie Report with Executive Director of the Maddie Institute, Mark Kepler. Welcome. The Valley has several new mayors. Our first guest is the new mayor of Merced, Matt Serrato. Welcome to the Maddie Report. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Uh, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Been a fan of the show for a while, so thanks. Pleasure. Oh, thanks, so, thanks so much for that. I appreciate that. Um, well, listen, I wanted to ask you about uh, what's happening in Merced and specifically some, what are the most immediate pressing issues you're going to be dealing with as the mayor of Merced? Yeah, there's a lot. Obviously, I mean, we're right in the middle of COVID, so all the issues having to do with COVID, with the economic consequences, um, you know, dealing with the shutdown uh, orders that were just announced recently and, you know, keeping the economy going and, and you know, keeping keeping our community safe. That's first and foremost. Um, bigger, obviously, homelessness, similar issues to a lot of communities, too, homelessness, um, policing issues as well, you know, police community relations. Um, we, we, we've started to see a, a significant uptick in gang violence recently as well, like a lot of other communities. I know Fresno, for example, there's been a lot going on there as well. So having to start dealing with that as well. There's a lot of big ticket kind of emergency items that are kind of, you know, putting themselves to the forefront right now. What about some of the longer term issues you're going to be dealing with um, as mayor? Yeah, there's a lot. E uh, economic development, uh, again, big long term issue. Homelessness, again, I think you can characterize that both as a short term, a medium term and a long term issue. Uh, number one issue in our town, number one issue probably across the state uh, as well. Um, developing the economy, big thing, jobs. Uh, we had, for Merced, we had record low unemployment for a while before COVID hit. We were down around 6%, which was pretty great for us. Yeah. Um, and then up, up to about 20 in April when the shutdown came, and then now we're back down to about 10. So long-term job growth, long-term planning, uh, revitalization of downtown. We've had a tremendous progress here in the last few years on that, and we're starting to see the benefits um, and the big things too, just kind of bringing the community together, building community. I mean, I love the fact that Merced to me is kind of in that sweet spot where the town's small enough where you still, you know, you know people and there's community. You go out to the mm -hmm. store, you're going to run into people. Um, but at the same time, it's big enough, almost there. I think we're not quite there, but we're almost there where there's big enough where there's a lot going on as well. So it's kind of, well, you're, that yeah, you're getting there and you have a, you have a new uh, partner in this process, I guess, uh, a new city manager, Stephanie Dietz, um, who was uh, recently uh, appointed by the by the city council. Um, so, what do you what does she bring to the table, and how are you going to measure her successes as a city manager? 
Yeah, Stephanie, I, I got a lot of um, respect for Stephanie and really, really enjoy working with her. We kind of started around the same time I got elected to the council in uh, 16. She started shortly thereafter as our assistant city manager. So she's been our assistant city manager uh, while I've been on the council. Um, and we recently hired her to, your point, to what you said um, as the full-time city manager. We're really excited about her. Stephanie's young. She's really ambitious for the city. I mean, she's from here. She knows the city. She knows everybody uh, in the area. She's as smart as they come. Um, she works hard. She's really accessible to us, has great working relationships with us. Uh, again, incredibly hardworking, cares deeply about Merced. And uh, hopefully, you know, me and her align a lot. Just we want to get stuff done. We want to move the city forward. We want to get work done. And she's really excited about just, again, getting work done, about moving us forward, and about really enhancing the kind of the core city services that we offer, that any city offers. Yeah, I mean, the city manager is absolutely critical um, in terms of, you know, managing city staff and getting things accomplished. It's, that's good to hear that uh, you're excited about her coming on board as the new city manager. You know, um, Merced is, is such an interesting uh, case study uh, with the new UC there, not really new anymore. Um, it just really, I, I've always felt this way, primed for growth. Um, so you may not be the small city that you've been in the past. Um, and I think COVID is going to have a lot to do with this. I mean, people finding that, for example, the telework works. Um, and you guys are positioned with the ACE train, with your proximity to the Bay Area and to Sacramento, with the UC. Sounds like you've got a lot of good things on the horizon for Merced. No, I, I think so. I think there's an opportunity there for us. I think it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot of uh, a lot of people working together and, and a lot of good planning to make it happen. But um, to your point, I, I think there's just a big opportunity there if, the, if everything kind of aligns and we can do it to start attracting people um, you know, increasing our housing market here. Right now, our housing vacancy rates one percent or less. So we really need to. We've been building a lot of houses. We need to continue doing so. But you know, with the trains and the access that gives uh, to the Bay Area, to Southern California, with the UC here and the potential to have a tech, a, a start building a tech economy here, uh, with a relatively affordable um, cost of housing here compared to the rest of California, I think there's a ton of potential. And I, I, so definitely what you were saying is something we need to look into a lot. Yeah, I, I think if folks have not seen UC Merced, you really ought to go check it out. I was I was there a while ago uh, for an evening uh, presentation and you come on UC Merced, it's like coming on to Oz. I mean, it's all lit up. It's just, it's spectacular. Uh, and they're doing, they're making, I've been watching who they've been hiring. They're making some very good hires. They have a new chancellor there, Chancellor Munoz. Some interesting things are happening. Um, I want to thank uh, Mayor Serrato from Merced for joining us. Up next is Fresno's new mayor, Jerry Dyer the city's former long-term chief of police. Welcome to the Manny Report. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me on. So by the way, I just wanted to ask you, I know you had COVID, uh, how are you feeling? I, I feel good now. Uh, you know, I, I, wasn't, I wouldn't say that a couple of weeks ago, but uh, you know, that COVID's, um, you know, it's unpredictable and uh, my wife and I both got it. And uh, we, I took a turn for the better on day 14, but prior to that, it was uh, very um, unpredictable. Yeah, take it seriously. I mean, I had I had H1N1 a number of years ago, and I never thought a flu could kill you until I had that. And so if this is anything like that, I want nothing to do with it. Uh, let, let, let's, let me ask you a few questions, though, and get started here. I want to ask you about, um, you know, you're coming in, new mayor. What do you see as the most important, you know, immediate issues that you're going to have to be dealing with? Well, certainly the pandemic is something that just continues to linger on. And, uh, you know, we're having to deal with that from a, a health perspective, but also a financial perspective from the city. Uh, so I see that uh, occurring through the first 90 to 120 days of my administration. 
from a mayoral initiative, it, it's really uh, about how we're going to address the homeless issue in our city. Um, I, I have a housing, uh, the homeless initiative that we'll be bringing forward. I've already had conversations with the governor's office about addressing the homeless population on the freeway. Uh, but we really are going to be putting forth a very comprehensive approach to addressing the homeless issue in our neighborhoods, shopping centers, and on our freeways. Uh, that is critical. That's the number one thing that I hear from people on a, on a daily basis. Uh, the second thing is along those lines is Beautify Fresno, an initiative that's going to um, really get us to focus on beautifying our city. Yeah. And that is... Yeah. You know, Jerry, let me ask you, why, why do you think that's so important? Well, number one, uh, the image of Fresno is critical for people who live here, for people who travel here, for people that um, want to relocate here. And unfortunately, we have a city that um, has been um, allowed, for whatever reason, um, to, to be less than attractive. And so you know, we have a lot of work to do. You know, a good way to think of that is, is curb appeal. When you try to sell your house, you want to make sure it looks good when the person, you know, drives by and takes a look at it. The same with the community, right? Let me let me ask you about your, your kind of your long-term goals. It probably fits into that economic development and, and, and whatnot. What are your long-term goals for the city? Well, certainly economic development is critical and economic mobility. It's about attracting the right industries uh, to Fresno, making sure that uh, they're hiring the right people uh, from the right neighborhoods um, and doing everything we can to lift people out of, of poverty. Uh, in order for that to occur, we have to uh, truly change our business climate in Fresno uh, to, a, to a climate or a culture that says we work for you uh, in terms of people coming to City Hall, whether that's in the plan check process, the inspections or the permitting. Uh, that is what corporations and industries want to see in every single city, and we have to do a better job of that. Uh, the tax sharing agreement uh, with the county is something that is still out there. We do not have a tax sharing agreement in place. That's going to be something I need to work on the first 30 to 60 days. Uh, absent that, we're not going to have the ability to annex um, property from the county into the city for industrial development. Yeah, you know, one of the things that is kind of interesting with you in particular, given your long service as chief of police, is uh, the new report that came out on uh, recommendations of uh, with the city police department. I was wondering what's your take on that? Well, that, that group, 37 commission members put an enormous amount of work uh, into that. Uh, I was on uh, each and every one of those uh, zoom calls, uh, the, the meetings, there's 73 recommendations uh, that we are now categorizing uh, and making sure that we have the ability as a city to implement as many of those recommendations as possible in my first year in office. And uh, some of those recommendations uh, uh, will have to be delayed because they're either meet and confer items or they require us to go into the contract and make some changes, or maybe they're outside of the Peace Officer Bill of Rights. But I can assure people that we're taking those recommendations seriously and we're going to implement as many as we can uh, for the betterment of our city. And uh, we're going to make sure that we continue to keep our, our, our citizens safe and earn their trust. Well, you are going to have no doubt a very full plate um, as new mayor. Uh, wish you good luck. Um, thanks for joining us, uh, Mayor Dyer. Up next is uh, the new mayor from Visalia, Steve Nelson. Welcome to the Matter Report, Steve, or Thank Mayor you. Nelson. I appreciate the opportunity.
So um, we're asking all the Valley mayors uh, what thing they think is the most important immediate need in their community uh, in 2021. So what's your initial focus going to be in 2021? Well, I think I think we're like all cities are in this together. I think COVID and the pandemic, uh, how do we navigate through the different uh, information that comes out of Sacramento and directives that come out of Sacramento? I think uh, another one on our hot list would be uh, homelessness. Uh, how do we take care of those folks during this period of time? Um, and then key to all of us in the Central Valley is a water issue, uh, groundwater sustainability agencies. And so I think those are the key components that I would look at for coming up in 2021. Yeah, I mean, I, some of those actually kind of almost bleed into, frankly, they're, they're long-term issues. These are issues that, you know, aren't going away necessarily. Your homelessness, the water issues, they're not going away in a year. So what about the longer-term issues? Um, more of that or, or different issues? Well, I think the long-term look, when I look at it, um, I, I think a lot of the uh, guidance, if you want to call it, out of coming out of Sacramento creates uh, some issues uh, when they try to get more into the city uh, control aspect. Uh, I think pension is, is always on the forefront of how do we navigate uh, the continued liability issues with our uh, pension liabilities. Um, and then quality of life issues are always at the forefront, especially here in Visalia. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, you, you bring up a really interesting point about the pension liabilities. You know, in most communities, that is a major issue. And over time, as your workforce ages and retires, that's going to be hitting your city budget pretty significantly, I would expect. Yeah. And uh, one of the things we look at, I think every year we, we figure our liability costs will increase probably by a million to a million and a half dollars. Also, the cost contribute, uh, contributed by the employees goes up. Let me, let me ask you, though, a million dollars, how big, of, how large a budget? What are we talking about? Oh, we got 200 and some million dollar budget. I mean, we're, we're financially able. But what I look at is um, the ongoing uh, liability issue with no guidance or direction to kind of corral it. Um, I don't see mm -hmm. a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I think... Uh, when you look at budget issues for Sacramento, um, I think the liability could even go up. I think it's a moving target, and I think that makes it tough for cities. Yeah, the, the state, they always talk about the pension issue, but a lot of times what they forget is retiree health. That is that is an unfunded liability that, that's rather significant. Let me, let me transition, though, to uh, something that happened recently in Visalia. Um, you're getting a new uh, Amazon uh, facility, uh, and there's been some talk about whether or not there should be tax breaks for the uh, new warehouse. And you've got a pretty booming industrial park uh, in Visalia. What are, your, what are your thoughts in that regard? Well, one thing about a prior city councils, current city council, we take pride in our industrial park. We make sure there's land available uh, for any size industry that wants to come into the industrial park, which I'm really mostly proud of is that we don't do tax incentives. Uh, we don't give any kind of incentive. What we offer is a quality of life issue for the employees that are going to work there. We, the one area we do help out is we, we will make a building inspector available 24-7 uh, to ensure the project continues onward and can open it up in a timely fashion. But as far as financial gains, no. Yeah, so the business-friendly uh, community, if I say, is doing it that way, but not necessarily through, through, through tax incentives. Let me ask you, um, we've only got about, um, about a minute left, but I want to ask you about uh, you know, this whole COVID experience that we've been going through, do you see any silver lining in this very dark cloud? And that is that maybe Visalia has learned some things or positioned itself coming out of COVID-19 pandemic that is actually going to put uh, Visalia in a, uh, in, in a really good place? In all honesty, 
not really, because what I'm concerned with, I think it's changed the purchasing habits of individuals. For example, I'll just take me, for example. I never really buy anything online. I don't do Grubhub, DoorDash. Uh, if I do something, it's going to be with Amazon for a book. I think what it's done now is it's opened up a new uh, economy, online purchasing, which then impacts our local business-owned uh, community. And uh, our local community, uh, business-wise, is the driving hub of our economy. And I think that is a concern for me as we move forward in this uh, pandemic situation. Yeah, I think that some of the local local businesses are going to probably have to learn to, to deal in that environment because uh, I think people do want to support local businesses. Exactly. Well, I, I want to thank... Uh, new Visalia Mayor, uh, Steve Nelson, for joining us. Our next guest is City of Bakersfield Mayor Karen Go. Welcome to the Matter Report, Mayor Go. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to have you. Well, you know, uh, let's talk about some of the important issues you're going to be confronting in, in 2021. Um, what are the big issues coming up in, in uh, 2021 and how are you going to address them? Well, certainly, Mark, uh, the issue of economic recovery is not unique to Bakersfield, but that I think for all of us is going to be a priority. What are we going to do in terms of recovering from COVID, making sure that our community is able to move forward? And so I am really glad that the city of Bakersfield is already one step ahead in that we have a plan for economic development uh, strategic planning and economic prosperity. And in the last year and a half, we've actually been working on this with consultants to try to move ahead. Uh, certainly, we have to figure out how do we provide that direct assistance and funding, but we've already been doing that. And we are fortunate that the city of Bakersfield is in a position to allocate. And so we do have funding ready for that economic development. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, they're also, and probably this ties into some of your long-term uh, issues as well. What are some of the things further out that you're kind of looking at uh, getting a handle on um, in the next year? Well, clearly homelessness is that big priority. We can come back and talk more about that. But an, another aspect of this with economic recovery really is the quality of life. And when we talk to our constituents, when I talk to our constituents, I know that that is the issue that comes up for everyone. It doesn't matter what part of town you're living in, but that quality of life. And so for me, making sure that we address that equitably and uh, really think about the prosperity of our entire city and region. Uh, also downtown development, always a priority because we know that downtowns are very, very important. Uh, looking at our disadvantaged neighborhoods also. You know, very a, lot of people, a lot of people forget that point that you're making. They think, oh, you know, beautification or, or quality of life issues, oh, that's just kind of peripheral stuff. But if you're trying to attract businesses, um, to your community and, and and having good people come and stay in your community, you have to offer those amenities. Uh, and Bakersfield, you guys have done a lot. What you, you were telling me earlier, what, you, what is your slogan now? The sound is something better. Bakersfield is sound of something better. And we actually believe that we have wonderful things here, but there is this sound ahead that we're looking ahead. And that includes 
affordable housing, that includes public safety, because I see all of that as very tied together, including with education. And oftentimes government forgets about education. But for me, I see that as being a priority because for us to really move ahead, we need to have that educated workforce. You know, I want to talk about you, you brought up earlier. I want to touch back on that. And that is the issue of homelessness. That, that's all major cities in California have been confronting that problem. Uh, you know, the, the governors, as referred to it as the most pernicious crisis uh, in our midst, uh, they just recently allocated, what, $62 uh, million for uh, Project Room Key, where they're, they're housing some uh, homeless people, at least during the winter of the pandemic. Uh, is that a big problem in Bakersfield? Homelessness is the paramount issue facing our entire state. And for our community, certainly any of the large cities where the ninth largest, it is a challenge. We have been able to provide housing, emergency housing. However, I see that we have to go deeper than that. And we must address mental health and substance abuse. We've got to get to the root issues. Housing, emergency housing is very important, but there is a sector of our community that is gonna refuse to enter that type of facility. And at the root of homelessness are the issues of mental health and substance abuse. I believe as a city, I've gotta collaborate with our county and we have to collaborate with our state to bring about reform in those areas. Yeah, I, I want to end on a positive note, though, um, and that is, you know, the pandemic is views a crisis by many people, but other people say, you know what, this could possibly be an opportunity. Do you see what opportunities do you see coming uh, from the COVID pandemic? We've only got about 30 seconds left. but I want to get your take on that. The pandemic certainly has taught us to think in different ways. And I think now with the flexibility of working online, there's a possibility actually of people coming to Bakersfield because of the affordability here. And let us continue to think in new ways, uh, certainly uh, just using, just being on Zoom. Uh, we've thought of new ways of collaborating where we physically don't have to be present. So I see lots of opportunity ahead. Yeah, and that's a great way to end this conversation. Thank you very much, Mayor Go and all the other mayors for joining us. Now do the Valley's seasoned observers of Valley politics see um, what's going on in the Valley. Um, we've got Robert Price with KGT in Bakersfield, also with the Bakersfield Californian, Paul Hurley, formerly with the Visaya Times Delta, now with the College of the Sequoias, Joe Kita with the Fresno Bee, and Brian Clark with the Modesto Bee. Welcome back, all of you. Seems like we just did this, huh? Um, so, Bob uh, Price, let me ask you, uh, what do you see as the most important pressing issues in Bakersfield uh, going into 2021? Well, I, I guess I'll just restate the obvious, and that's, uh, and that's COVID, dealing with not just the health and medical aspects of it, but the economic recovery. I don't know how many of these restaurants are going to make it through, uh, but those are jobs. And, uh, you know, I think that's... Um, that's number one, and it's number two, and number three, and number four on our list. Yeah, for sure. Um, Paul, same in uh, Vice Mayor Tulare. I have a hunch, uh, and I haven't heard the interview yet, but I would bet that uh, the Vice Mayor said that homelessness was the biggest issue that the city council and the city will be facing this year. Uh, it's continuing, um, it's worsening, and COVID has uh, obviously exacerbated it. Um, now, right on the heels of that, however, will be uh, small businesses and, and uh, relief for them uh, because of the pandemic. Yeah, but homelessness yeah. is still a, it's it's still the hot bush button water cooler, uh, you know, uh, people standing up at city council 
uh, meeting screaming issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So Joe, what, what about the city of Fresno? Um, and you can throw in the city of Clovis in there if you want. Um, what do you see as the big issues uh, in um, the city of Fresno in 2021? Well, I think no doubt COVID is going to be the tail that wags the dog uh, for uh, both of those cities uh, throughout 2021, just in the impact uh, to uh, revenue and uh, the loss of commerce and stuff that has happened as a result of it. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, in Fresno, we're going to have a new mayor coming in, uh, Jerry Dyer, and uh, he is going to have to answer to a lot of issues. And a lot of them have to do with the, just the systemic inequities that have been present in Fresno. Uh, for generations, and uh, how are we going to try to undo some of that? Also, not going away is going to be the whole parks issue. You know, Measure P failed uh, a couple. Well, of actually, years it, ago. Did, it did. It actually, it did pass with the majority of votes. It, it passed with the majority, but, but didn't get the didn't get the two thirds. So, in that sense, you're technically correct. It did fail. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's going to be uh, uh, coming up again. And uh, and there are a lot of social justice groups that are going to be very, uh, very uh, uh, aggressive at uh, trying to push forward issues. Uh, and also another look at the police department. Uh, we you already know, have that police reform commission. It's interesting. It's, it's almost like a Nixon goes to China moment uh, with Jerry Dyer and, and police reform. He's police chief for 18 years. Um, and uh, he seems to be committed uh, to seeing some of those changes being made. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, that plays out um, uh, going forward. So, um, uh, so uh, Brian, what about uh, in, in Modesto? What do you see as the, the big issues uh, in Modesto? Well, the economic recovery, obviously, and the small businesses and all the, the business-related losses of, of, you know, that were um, brought on by, by the pandemic. Uh, we're electing a new mayor in February. Two went to a runoff. There were seven, uh, and two emerged. Uh, so whoever becomes the new mayor is going to have to try to find or to fix a dysfunctional city council. We have three new city council members, and we'll have a new mayor. And uh, they're replacing the, the new mayor, or the previous mayor, uh, finished fifth, um, and couldn't control a council uh, that was dysfunctional, uh, and and really couldn't get anything done. So just fixing city government is going to be a huge thing. And then what just happened, Galen Carroll, our very popular police chief, just resigned uh, to likely head somewhere else. And he was a very, if he had run for mayor, uh, he would have won hands down. So they're going to have, that's, that's going to be a big hole to fill um, uh, for the city. Yeah. Um, so uh let me let me kind of go on here and, and ask about some of the long term uh, issues that you, the city is going to deal with. Some of you've already kind of touched on this already, Paul. Long term issues for Tulare Visalia um, beyond homelessness, or is uh, that probably short and long term? In, in, in infrastructure, uh, Visalia is in a in a great position to attract um, uh, businesses, corporations that want to use uh, this area uh, as a, um, uh, a shipping spot um in fact uh, ups is right now building a huge uh, uh warehouse um a distribution center and what with um, um the high speed rail is is going through here uh, you, just a few miles down the road you can see the you can see the trestles going up uh it, it um 
doing that, uh, keeping Highway 99 viable as a transportation uh, artery, uh, and uh, coping with the the new uh, all the new uh, distribution centers that are going to go up in the industrial parks. It's going to be a big challenge over about the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, um, Robert, uh, what about uh, in uh, you know in Bakersfield? Some long term long term issues. Is it all around energy? Well, energy is a, uh, a huge thing, and then uh, you know, ag- agriculture. Everybody here knows about stigma and, and the effect it have on you know, irrigation, and you know, so many acres, millions of acres that might go fallow, you know, because of water issues. So, I mean, that's that's a uh, the other big one, I, I think. Yeah, and, and Joe, what about the city of Fresno? I mean, you touched on some of the systemic issues of economic inequality and. Uh, and, and race relations, frankly, in the city. Um, those are short and long-term issues? Uh, yes, they've definitely been long-term. Uh, and I think if any uh, mayor or administration is going to be a success here, they need to kind of chip away at some of those. Uh, that north-south divide, the north of Shaw, south of Shaw dividing line uh, is infamous in Fresno. And uh, we haven't seen a lot of the city administration really truly addressing some of those issues and making an impact on kind of closing that divide. Uh, Measure P was one option uh, to try to at least improve uh, parks uh, in the Southern part of uh, the community, uh, but uh, didn't happen. And so uh, if uh, Dyer or, and the city council really wants to make an impact, you're gonna have to find a way uh, to, to, to really address that issue. Well, I can tell you, and because I've had some, uh, I've been involved with something called the Midtown Trail, which goes from Manchester Center over to Clovis Avenue, about seven miles, which is in the the poor part south of Shaw, part of town. Um, and Mayor Dyer has committed to me that he's going to get that thing done. So um, that's going to be at least some additional green space and park space in an area of town that generally doesn't have it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Brian, what about uh, long term issues for for Modesto? Is it just issues. have a functional government at this point? <laughs> a functional government. Uh, but the, 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 in addition to that, uh, attracting businesses uh, other than warehousing and service jobs. Uh, you know, I call her, you know, we're kind of a warehouse nation. And what we need to do or get jobs and businesses tied to STEM uh, mm-hmm. and get high paying jobs so we can kind of fend off the brain drain. Mm-hmm. And hopefully have our smartest kids who grow up here want to stay here or come back here from college. That, that is the, the biggest issue. Um, we are not going to be able to track people from the Bay Area or from Sacramento looking for high-paying jobs unless we get those businesses here. You know, I, I want to also uh, reassure you that Modesto is not unique. Um, you know, I, I over 30 years ago, I came here from the East Coast uh, where I practiced law, and, and I w- represented cities and school boards. And I will tell you, there wasn't a school board or city council that I didn't work with that didn't have at least one person that was of questionable intelligence and or character. Um, I think it's going to come <laughs> to the territory uh, to some extent. So it's Modesto's not alone um, on that. So let me let me talk about some specific issues with the cities. Um, you know, Joe, uh, in Fresno, you've got we talked about you know uh, Mayor Dyer coming in, uh, former police chief coming in. Uh, so how do you expect him to deal with that whole issue of police reform? Is he going to take it as a, a personal affront that, he, that, or is he going to embrace uh, change? And do you think, and, and um, where, where do you think he's going to be on this issue? You know, I think he's really walking a tightrope. 
uh, it's really tough because on one end, uh, obviously there needs to be reform. And the findings of the Police Reform Commission, uh, I, I think they were very clear and they need to be implemented. Uh, we can't continue to operate business as usual in how the department goes to market basically with its policing strategy. On the other hand, he spent 18 years as the police chief and is indebted really to the men and women of that department. And some of them probably don't want to see some of the policing change and uh, have some very strong opinions about the recommendations of the policing report. So how he goes about this is going to be, uh, I think, a really difficult tightrope for him to walk. The other thing is he is instrumental and involved in the selection of a new police chief. Mm. Uh, and uh, when that happens, uh, I think we'll see a little bit more about what his strategy is going to be. He's also been very upfront about having a very diverse uh, city uh, staff and mayoral staff. And you see uh, women and people of color represented in there. And uh, that's something that I think he's really gone out of his way to make sure uh, he was going to have as part of his administration. And Tommy, uh, Tommy Esqueda, um is going to be the new city manager. Um, mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of very positive things uh, about mm -hmm. him. So um, that, that's an interesting appointment. And um, that's, I mean, critical appointment, uh, the city manager. I, I'm going sure to make it a little lighter here when I go to Bob um, Price in, in Bakersfield. Uh, apparently, Bakersfield's got a lot of similarities with Clovis. Um, you're both dealing with a constituency that wants to raise uh, hens in their backyards. Um, <laughs> is that is that the big issue in, in, in Bakersfield in 2021? I did a story on that. It was a lot of fun, I thought, until I actually talked to the warring parties. And they're taking it pretty seriously. The anti-hen uh, contingency is strong and vocal. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a thing. I don't know. I don't know if I want to. I don't know uh, if I want to wake up at the hen house. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, no rooster. No roosters allowed. So that's that's, yeah, no, that's good. Well, that's good. But I'm thinking of all the other things that come with chickens, not just eggs. Um, anyway, uh, Paul, what about uh, in uh, in Visalia? We, we were talking and Tulare, you know, about the pandemic, and I'm thinking about the impact it's going to have on city coffers. Frankly, yeah. And uh, Visalia is a very efficiently run government, but I'm afraid it's probably going to. We're probably going to be facing cuts. Um, they've done everything they can to uh, to trim things down, and at this point, it looks like some some cuts and maybe some layoffs are going to take place because there's not a lot of room for Visalia to really get more revenue. I mean, uh, you know, you can, you can't get a lot more customers at Costco or sell many more cars. Um, well, I mean, the reality is, in, in most city budgets, what, what's the biggest line item? It's public safety. Um, right? It's, it's 75, 80% of the budget. Uh, the other thing I think, though, that Visalia is going to be dealing with, and this is going to be interesting because we are again in a period of, of um, uh, rapid growth. Um, how, um, uh, house, home construction, um, expansion of our city boundaries is taking place at a rapid pace, and uh, we, we you know, we're going to have to accommodate more people, more cars, uh, more kids in school. So that's going to be an issue. Yeah. You know, I want to, I want to ask Brian because he just he piqued my interest with, with the whole city council in, in Modesto. Do you want to share some of the more interesting points of what happened in Modesto that folks may not know about in the rest of the valley? 
Well, it's just overall, I mean, just as an example, you know, to, you know, a, a day before uh, we swear in three new council members, uh, the, the, the old council uh, uh, um, hands down a penalty to the city clerk over this investigation that's lasted over two years and cost the city $90,000 to investigate a uh, city clerk over uh, some emails she sent. And uh, you know, why wait? I, I, why not just move, move on? And, and, and the, the vote was four to three. Uh, she lost 5% of her salary. Uh, but it's really something that, you know, one day before they were on their way out, they, they just had to get that last little dig in. Now it just kind of exemplifies uh, uh, the, the dysfunction um, and the issues that I think everyone's looking forward to, to moving on from in, in 2021. So uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has been a tipping point when it comes to the importance of broadband and its potential for upending how we work, where we study, how we study, where we live, et cetera. So uh, Bob Price uh, in Bakersfield, I'm just wondering, is there a silver lining with this uh, COVID pandemic for Bakersfield? Well, I think there's a silver lining, but there might also be a dark lining under that silver lining. Uh, you know, It's gonna be fascinating to see how COVID-19 changes the way we go to school and work and, and so forth. And, and people like me have become a lot more uh, technologically savvy, which I, I, I had a, you know, I was pretty, pretty bad off in the first place, but uh, I think a lot of us have, have improved in that area. But in a way, you know, this could actually sort of uh, exacerbate the digital divide. The, the, the people who don't have access to uh, technology and to the digital world, uh, you know, it, for some, I think it might throw them a little bit further behind. Schools, I think, have done a good job, as good a job as they can to try to, uh, you know, maintain the, you know, learning, uh, equal learning uh, of, of all students, no matter where they are. Uh, in terms of economics, but uh, I think it's been a huge challenge and it'll continue to be a challenge going forward. Yeah, I mean, if, if the key there is, is having broadband access, right? It's it's exactly. it's co it's cost-effective or profitable for companies to do it in urban areas, but when you get to these rural areas, um, that's where it becomes really problematic. Uh, Brian, though, there seems to be, you know, we talked about this earlier about the North Valley really, in many ways, benefiting from this idea that, gosh, telework works. Um, and so moving out of uh, offices in, in the Bay Area uh, or living in the Bay Area where it's very expensive and moving to the, to the North uh, Valley, that could redound to your benefit. And, and you know, you have, in addition to, to uh, Cal State Stanislaus uh, there, you've got UC Merced um, on, on real attractions to, to folks from the Bay Area. Yeah, we're still waiting to see. I mean, you know, it, in, in, in the northern uh, Stanislaus County, we've been waiting to see this this move, this this um, uh, move over. We haven't quite seen it yet. We're kind of waiting to see, you know, as we move into 2021, if it actually occurs, if people actually from the Bay Area come out here and telecommute. Some are just moving out of state, period. Um, so, you know, that, you know, that's something that I think everyone is hoping for. Um, we just did a story on, on how offices are going to look. Uh, when we come out of this and all this office space, and they're just waiting to see what what businesses, what technology comes in here before they make that move. One of the one of the positive things that I will talk to uh, about um, regarding schools, um, I had a quick conversation with a superintendent who said there are a lot of positive things that are going to come out of this, and one of them, and I said, well, "What do you mean?" And she said, "Well, just a for instance, 
you know, AP courses. Uh, you know, we have seven public high schools in Modesto and three private high schools in Modesto. And if there's an AP psychology course, but only three want to take it here, four want to take it there, six want to take it here, well, we can actually offer that by having that as an online course. And she felt that there are going to be a lot of things that they've learned through education that is actually going to be a big positive um, in schools moving forward. Yeah, it's expand yeah. the offering uh, for students. Um, you know, uh, Joe, I was thinking, could the whole use of broadband be it's significant for all, all parts of the country and all parts of the San Joaquin Valley, but particularly the central San Joaquin Valley. I mean, Bakersfield, you know, Bob has already mentioned, you know, we're becoming a suburb of Los Angeles. The North Valley, as Brian's noted, I mean, you got Sacramento and, and the Bay Area, but the central San Joaquin Valley, you know, and I'd say the same to you, Paul, as well, you know, the Tulare, Kings, uh, Fresno, Madera, a little bit, little bit by themselves, but if people are using telework, um, doesn't matter. They don't have to live near an urban area, a large urban area like the LA or, or the Bay Area. Yeah, it could be that great uh, equalizer for us. And, you know, that was also always also the rationale for why we needed high-speed rail. Uh, but uh, in, in, in the case of uh, how this pandemic has impacted Fresno and the central San Joaquin Valley, it is profound and it's going to be permanent. I think there will be many changes that are not going to, go back uh, after the, the pandemic has, uh, has, has gone away. Uh, the telecommuting is here to stay. And I also think, though, on the flip side of that, there will be an explosion in in-person meetings as well as they are necessary, uh, because I think people are just wanting to get together again and you know, kind of return uh, to normal life. But uh, a lot of the ways we work, I think, will be profoundly shifted and changed. And if it makes sense, uh, you know, to conduct a class uh, over a Zoom call uh, to get specialized uh, training into here, then I think you know, we're going to benefit from that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I, I do some work as as a federal mediator and arbitrator, and I am uh, on a, a panel that handles cases in, in Texas. And you know, one of the advantages now is I don't have to get on a plane and fly to Texas to hear the cases. Um, I can do it via Zoom. And I'll tell you, initially, uh, the attorneys I was working with are a little hesitant. But as they've begun to use it, they become it, it's more user friendly. Um, and I, I don't I'm thinking it's going to have a pretty big impact on business travel uh, that as they realize they can save quite a bit of money by doing it through Zoom. Some of these things, that's the way it's going to be done. I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be really profound. You know, Paul, one of the things we were talking about earlier was. Um, a medical school in the valley, um, and yeah. you know, telemedicine. Um, you know, maybe you can have someone from UCSF, you know, talking to a patient in Visalia, Tulare, or a doctor somewhere else. Frankly, could be anywhere in the world. Um, is that yeah. going to impact that's, healthcare in the valley? Sure, that's our, that's already happening. Uh, you know, doctors consulting with each other. Uh, on cases, uh, some medical education at a higher level taking place. Um, uh, if, this, if there's anything about this pandemic that's helping, it is improving the efficiency of hospitals. Uh, Korea Delta Healthcare District is learning a lot about, um, about their delivering their services through, this, through the pandemic. Um, they also, just coincidentally, happen to be building a new 
um, uh, emergency department and uh, emergency room. So uh, they are they're working towards streamlining their services and, and, and bringing them into the digital age. Um, I, I think the, the, the final result of that is gonna, is gonna benefit the area. Also coming up, the distribution of vaccine this year is gonna be critical. And unfortunately, I'm afraid the distribution of the vaccine in this area is gonna expose a lot of the, a lot of the flaws and the holes um, in our in our health, local healthcare system, but it, it could also lead to the development of solution to those holes too. Yeah, you know what? Well, we've got about uh, about two minutes left, and I but I want to go around and get kind of an overall impression because you've talked about some specifics, but overall, and I agree with Joe's point. This is really, I think, a tipping point. I, I think this is going to have a profound effect going forward. This pandemic and and what's come as a result of that. Um, is it ultimately going to be a positive or a negative for the Valley? So, uh, Joe, since you kind of teed it up, uh, I'm going to throw that question at you and ask you. Overall, do you think we're going to emerge from this stronger or are some of our problems going to be even more exposed? Uh, that's a tough one uh, to answer, you know, just off the cuff. Uh, I think uh, – I think it does have the opportunity to expose some of our problems that haven't been dealt with. And, uh, but are, is it actually going to lead to fundamental change? I'm not so sure. Uh, I, I think the pandemic has really uh, pretty much shined a spotlight on the weaknesses that we have here, uh, especially in a region that is poorer and less educated than uh, just about any other major uh, region in California. And uh, I think we have an opportunity now to try to change some of that, but I'm not sure enough has happened to really uh, make a dent in those issues. And the pandemic has the opportunity to just make them even worse. It's like, have we pressed pause on some of the changes that we're trying to make? And you know that's where I kind of worry. So I kind of you know have a little bit more of a pessimistic view of that. Than you know, it's, it's interesting. Maybe I should. It, it's interesting because you know economic inequality has increased over time over this period because people can afford to work at home are doing fine, but people who work with their hands yeah. have to you know they're not doing well. Uh, those jobs are you know they're either laid off or not or doing them under very difficult circumstances. So, yeah, um, maybe so. And that's I, this area too, and, and I, I think that inequality is probably going to be uh, um, more pronounced the first six months. Of, of 2021 as, you know, we go through this third wave and wait for the vaccine. So it, it's going to be difficult, but I think by the end of the year, I think we'll be able to be a lot more optimistic. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to end on an optimistic note. You know, whenever there's a crisis, uh, there's a problem, you can, there's always that oppor opportunity and I'm hoping the Valley seizes that opportunity. I want to thank our guests uh, for an engaging conversation yet again. Uh, Bob Price with uh, Bakersfield's KGT in the Bakersfield, California. Paul Hurley, formerly with Visaya Times Delta and now with the College of Sequoias. Joe Kita with the Fresno Bee and Brian Clark with the Modesto Bee. Thanks all of you for joining us. If you want to stay current with state and local politics, you can log on to our website at maddieinstitute.org. This is Mark Kepler for the Matty Report. Thanks for joining us. The views expressed in the Matty Report are those of the individuals participating in the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the California Channel or the Matty Institute. If you'd like to share your thoughts about the points and opinions expressed on the Matty Report, visit our website at maddieinstitute.org.
The Matty Report, Valley Views Edition, is a public affairs partnership between KMJ Radio, Cumulus Media, and the nonpartisan Matty Institute, providing the Valley with valuable insight and analysis on politics and important public policy issues. This is KMJ.